the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following show is pre-recorded. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Operations for 820 AM The Word. My special guest today, and I'll call him this one time, he's Pastor Paul Burnham with Newport Hills Community Church. Pastor Paul, welcome. Thank you. Well, you like to go by Pastor Bug, B-U-G. Yes, sir. You, your, your dad was a pastor, and uh, he was always Pastor Paul. And so then um, when you were a little little guy, they decided that uh, you weren't going to be a Paul. They started calling you Bug. They did. <laughs> well, so from now on, you're Pastor Bug to me. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, it's good to meet you. So uh, I wish folks could see you because uh, you're, uh, how can I say this? You're not a typical-looking senior pastor of, of a church. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> well, you've got, uh, you've got tats, and you've got, uh, you've got a motorcycle uh, vest on, and uh, you uh, obviously have an interesting story that I know our audience is going to want to hear. Well, praise the Lord. So are you uh, from this area? To tell me tell me where you're born, where you grew up. Uh, born in Longview, Washington. Uh, lived in Washington all of our lives. Uh, kind of bounced around about every four years growing up. So just Washington State as it pertains. Yeah. So in, in, uh, in Washington. So what was life like growing up? Were you grew up in a Christian family? Were you were you a good kid? Were you a troublemaker? What was what was life like for you? So, uh, grew up in a in a family, the youngest of three kids, and uh, church uh, and and the Lord Jesus Christ wasn't a part of our life until uh, about May of 1986, when I was 11 years old. Uh, before then, we were just what I would call a, a standard family of some sort. Uh, I have uh, a set of parents that are perfect as far as I'm concerned. Uh, they uh, they loved deeply and took care of us and trained us and, and taught us right. Um, and uh, and my dad, uh, my dad was a great guy, never knew Jesus, never went to church until uh, until God miraculously changed his life. And he led me to Christ at the age of 11. So hmm. 11 years old. So uh, tell me then about, uh, you know, schooling. Uh, were you a sports kid? Were you a musician? Or you loved motorcycles? Or what, 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 was your in- what were your interests like? So certainly always uh, interested in motorcycles. We grew up on a farm uh, and, uh, and started riding motorcycles when I was about eight years old. Needed a, a bale of hay to get on them because I was too small. Uh, but uh, just a, a normal kid per se. Uh, growing up, uh, we moved out of the out of the country and into the city. Um, I think my seventh grade year in uh, in school. So uh, from then on, I was in uh, Bellevue, Washington. Graduated from Sammamish High School in Bellevue. 
in in 93 uh, on the wrestling team that entire time and then went off to the Marine Corps. So, yeah. Well, tell me about that experience going into the Marines. Were you were you living for the Lord at that time? Uh, I, from the age of 11 on, we were, we were in church and, uh, and I was, I was a pretty good kid. Uh, I did, um, youth group through middle school and high school. Um, and, uh, and yes, I followed after the Lord and, uh, decided to go into the Marine Corps. We were of modest means. There wasn't, uh, money for college per se. And well, I didn't, uh, didn't apply myself in school to get any, uh, uh, financial assistance at that time. So I went into the Marine Corps and did what I did there. Yeah. So where did you serve? I served on Camp Pendleton, um, United States Marine Corps, era, 41 area, Las Flores. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And so in for four years, three years, four years, four years, 93 to 97. Uh, and it was a, it was a time that, that God began to, to mold me even back then in my rebellion. Hmm. Well, talk about that. <laughs> so, uh, I was a good kid. I knew who Christ was and I knew what he wanted of me. Um, but I didn't like who I was. Uh, I didn't want to be the man that God wanted me to be. Um, I wanted to be something, uh, bigger, tougher, meaner, whatever it was back then. And, uh, and so, uh, about a year into my Marine Corps experience, I, I really rebelled against God. Not that he, he didn't cease to be who he was. I knew who he was and I knew what he wanted. Um, and uh, in, in that moment, I, I literally pointed up to the sky and said, okay, God, you can leave me alone now. I'm going to do it my way. Ooh. And, uh, but, well, the, the thing about that is, is sometimes God answers that prayer. Well, uh, so, so he let me make my decisions, right. but he never left me alone. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's the, the beauty of, of God's grace and his love is he never leaves us or forsakes us. Even, even when we're unfaithful, he remains faithful because he can't be otherwise. Well, you know, uh, Bug, I, uh, the premise of this program uh, is uh, from my own experience, and that is to talk about the faithfulness of God. Uh, I always say the first 40 years of my life, I focused on my faithfulness to him. And the last 40 years of my life, I wanted to be about my focus on his faithfulness to me. Yeah. Because that really is the primary focus. God has always been faithful to us, even in the midst of our rebellion. Yes. And, uh, and uh, my key scripture in my life is trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land, and feed on his faithfulness, Psalms 37, verse 3. Amen. And so, yeah, so when you say that, that, that rings so true to me, you know, that he, uh, he was faithful even in the midst of you saying, I just want to do my own thing now. So what happened? <laughs> well, he uh, he allowed me to to run uh, into the gutter, as uh, as I say, um, and and it was about a decade long of uh, of rebellion, uh, of of really hurting myself and others uh, because I wasn't happy with who I was. I, I didn't like who I was. Uh, I learned early that, uh, or at least I thought I had learned early that if you let people in, they were going to hurt you. Uh, so I did everything I could to keep people as far away as possible, to look as scary as possible. Um, and uh, and there, there, were, there were a few moments that I heralded at the moment that, uh, that I enjoyed when, when people would cross the street to stay away from me. Uh, and, and I thought that was a good thing. Uh, but uh, over time, uh, in that God's mercy, uh, ultimately uh, with... Uh, well, getting arrested and, uh, and, and causing some trouble and some criminal aspects, 
uh, and yet God's, God's grace and mercy rang through. Uh, and it was actually in, in the back of the police car uh, in 1999, when uh, when I finally submitted and surrendered before God, I would say that I I invited him in and believed in him wholeheartedly, knew who he was. Uh, but it took until 99 uh, before I surrendered to him. Hmm. So what's going on? I'm curious because you know you see a lot of tough guys or people who dress a certain way. Uh, they might be a gangbanger. They might be, you know, a motorcycle guy. They might be, the, and they know that they're uh, kind of dressing in the way that they do or behaving in the way that they do. What's really going on inside their heart, though? So I, I can I can yeah. only speak to what was going on in my heart, right? Um, and and the human experience is pretty common across the board, so, right? Uh, but uh, I know that uh, early on. Uh, I learned that people would hurt you. Uh, people would say and do mean things, uh, and and it didn't feel good. And uh, and so, I uh, I probably my my appearance, my tattoos, all of those things uh, came from a sense of uh, uh, of trying to be somebody I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't confident in who I was, uh, and and I was not by my parents or anybody close, but really by peers. I was told that who I was wasn't good enough. Uh, and so I wanted to be something different, and, and I tried to hide that, uh, hide who God made me to be, which is, which is really uh, someone that, that loves and cares for people. Uh, but that seemed to be weakness in the beginning. Well, that is so true, isn't it, that when you show a side of, of, of meekness, if you will, it's a, uh, for many, they think that that's weakness, and the reality yeah. is, it's not. Some no. of the strongest people I know are some of the meekest, if you will, as far as their uh, as, as far as their presentation is concerned to others. But they're very, very, very strong people. I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So, what was mom and dad going through while that was all happening? How mm. was it tough on them to oh, see yes. their boy going through that? Oh yes, it was. Um, it took a long time for for my mom to be able to. Uh, uh, to rectify that her 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 baby boy her son uh, went went the route that I did. Uh, ultimately, my rebellion cost me two years of my freedom. Uh, and uh, but I, I look back and I and I absolutely praise God for that time. Uh, I had uninterrupted time in that moment uh, because of the foundation that God had already given me. Uh, and and I finally had surrendered and submitted to Him. So that time became. Uh, study. It became uh, the opportunity to to set aside who I was trying to be and surrender to who God wanted me to be. Well, so you, you know, as I'm listening to your story, you said, "Hey, when I got in the back of the squad car is when I really, you know, made a full surrender." So that uh, jail or prison experience that you had, you were beginning to walk with the Lord. There really was. Uh, well, I wouldn't say a jail, uh, uh, a jail uh, salvation because you had already received the Lord before that. But yet, you were serious in your faith. Were there other guys in prison that were serious about their faith? Absolutely, uh, and and that's really where God began to use me in uh, in leading other men. Um, and uh, it was it's an amazing place. First, when you when you when you get there, of course, everybody's innocent. Uh, but as you uh, as you spend some time there, you you begin to see uh, the brokenness of people, uh, and uh, and 
there's some that will continue to masquerade, but uh, you'll often get to the heart of the issue. Because uh, when people are at their lowest, they're, they're usually willing to hear uh, what God has to say of how he can lift them up. So, uh, Well, I found, and not that uh, I have, you know, have had uh, closest of people in my family that have spent time in, in prison, and and uh, been around others in prison ministry. And I got to say, there are a lot of guys in jail that know a lot of scripture. Oh, yes. That have had a lot of, ex- you're smiling <laughs> when you say that, because some of them know a lot more than a regular church person does going to church every Sunday. A lot of guys have a background of of uh, spiritual or faith instruction in their in their history. But yet, kind of like you, they've they've decided to go a different way. But they can quote scripture better than some preachers. I think because of uh, uh, what it says in the word, those who are forgiven much love much. Uh, and there's a, there's a preciousness to what God does. Uh, uh, and really, that's, that's where God gave me a, a driving verse for my life at that point. Uh, from Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8, uh, the Apostle Paul said, Although I am less than the least of all of God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Uh, and uh, that God would use men like me or, or men like us truly mm-hmm. uh, that uh, to, to glorify him and to preach his word is a, is a profound and, and wonderfully awesome thing. Uh, and uh, uh, I appreciate God's design, even though we would probably choose a different route in most cases uh, than God's plan. But his, his plan uh, is one that comes out to glorify his name and, and builds us as he desires. So, and that was all part of the foundation of how God forged me into who I am today. So, Well, the, 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 the background stories of many pastors and many leaders, it's always fascinating to me coming from so many diverse ways and how the Lord in the, in the various seasons of life for, for all of us, how he's speaking to us and drawing us to himself. And he'll do that in some pretty dramatic ways sometimes because of our own rebellion or our own trials or our own tribulations or the tribulations of others that we get sucked into. But yet it's his grace and mercy that does it, isn't it? Yes, it is. He brings it back to us. And um, so you, you get out of jail, get out of prison. And so what happens next? So... That was uh, 2001, uh, and uh, well, that's when I that's when I arrived at Newport Hills Community Church, uh, just to plug in, to learn, and and to do what God called me to do. Um, and I got to serve under my father; he was the pastor there, uh, and uh, got to uh, to minister and grow and and be discipled. Uh, and over time, God began to to use me to disciple others. Uh, to his glory, not to mine. Uh, he's he's the ingredient, not me. Uh, I think God will will take anybody that's willing, uh, and and if a heart is willing, then then there's no measure to to how God, how far God will go to use you. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I like to think that uh, that there's nothing unique or special about me except for that I belong to Him. Amen. Uh, and uh, and God can certainly, uh, if He can love me, He can love anybody. Uh, and if he can use me, he can use anybody. Yeah. So, the call to to ministry then, or to call the call to to I guess call it vocational ministry if you want. Obviously, all of us are ministers all the time. But how did that take place for you? 
Um, so the Lord, uh, the Lord raised me up, um, and and He's given me the ability, a, a gift of preaching and teaching, uh, and uh, and it's certainly been an exercise of of discipline and learning to 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 grow in that. But um, He gives gifts to each one of us to use to the to the building of His kingdom and to the glory of His name, um, and uh, and over time. Uh, the the body at Newport Hills Community Church, as my father began to retire, uh, looked to me and asked me to fill the position. Um, and uh, at that time, there was there was a time that I would have told you God's called me to preach, but I'll never pastor. Uh, and and God made me eat my words, of course. Uh, <laughs> and I'm thankful He did. Yeah, yeah. So you got to understand, uh, Bug, that I'm sitting here and thinking about, uh, you know, a 70-year-old widow lady that's attending church there at Newport Hills, and they're like, yeah, this is my pastor, you know, and, uh, and I, but I bet they love you. Uh, they do, uh, <laughs> by God's grace once again. Um, you know, it doesn't matter who they are or where they come from. Uh, I think that there's a beautiful fellowship and unity in the body of Christ uh, and the only thing I try to do is to love folks just like God has loved me. Well, I'm thinking I've been doing a study in Galatians, and they're, you know, in there Paul is admonishing the Galatians about, you know, uh, back in those days, following the law versus uh, faith and circumcision versus non-circumcision and all of those things. And he says the major thing is faith expressing expressing itself through love. Yes that that is how our faith is expressed, through love. And the grace of God is, exper- is experienced through the love of Christ. So, so what are you preaching on? What, what do, when, when somebody goes to Newport Hills Community Church, what do they hear? What, what do you like to share? So I, I preach exegetically, and I'm in the book of Matthew currently, uh, in the end of Matthew 14. Uh, we just uh, just preached through the uh, the feeding of the five thousand, uh, Jesus walking across the water, uh, and as he returns back to the uh, the area of Gennesaret, um, and and he continues to minister and to heal, uh, even uh, even in their fatigued condition that they started in, uh, and so so yeah, I, I preach I like to preach through the the scripture as God leads, uh, and and use His word uh, to uh, to build up and encourage the people. So. Yeah. Well, tell me about uh, some of the ministry that you do outside of Newport Hills um, Community Church, um, some some motorcycle ministry, or what do you what do you call it? I see you on your patch, you've got Christian Crusaders, so yes. tell me about that. Uh, so the Christian Crusader Ministry, CCM, is, uh, is how it's referred to, uh, and it is uh, 42 years old at this time. Uh, it was uh, founded in 1979 by uh, a gentleman known as Preacher Mike. Uh, and preacher Mike was uh, uh, was rough around the edges, the world would say, uh, but he had a heart to uh, to tell people about Jesus, to demonstrate the love of God, uh, that that God's love crosses any borders, that you don't have to look a certain way or or be a certain way for God to love you. Um, and he uh, he started that ministry specifically to build uh, licensed ordained ministers of the gospel. Uh, that they would uh, fulfill the command of Christ to build disciples and to preach the gospel. Uh, and so I have been a, a member of the Christian Crusader Ministry since 2009. Uh, and in fact, uh, next week we leave for Kansas City. We will ride our motorcycles to Kansas City, Missouri, minister for the weekend, and ride back. Whoa. Have you done Sturgis? Uh, my group has. I have not personally. Um, 
Yeah, just mainly time and uh, and money as it pertains. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, when I moved out here in 1990, uh, it was the first weekend of August, which was uh, the time when uh, Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait. It was that weekend of 1990. And I'm driving <clears throat> through South Dakota, and there's just a bazillion motorcycles on I-90 coming from all directions, either being ridden or pulled back by trailers. Because Sturgis, uh, what is it, 250,000 people for a couple of weeks? Quite a bit. Showing up there and all sorts of interesting folks. The Christian Crusaders have had their active ministry there, uh, I think, for the last 32 years straight. Wow. Uh, as uh, as people go for all kinds of different reasons, we go so that we can demonstrate the love of God, just love people right where they're at, uh, and help take care of them as as God gives opportunity. So, what will happen when you go to Kansas City? I mean, what's the what are you what are you attempting to do? So, uh, certainly everywhere as we as we ride and we have Lord Jesus Christ across our back, it it demands a reaction wherever you end up, and there's all kinds of ministry that happens along the way. Uh, however, there will be what's, uh, what's known as the Tougher Than Hell Poker Run uh, in Kansas City. And it's put on by a fellowship, uh, a church out there called the Heart of God Fellowship. Um, and uh, they provide an opportunity for people to ride motorcycles. Uh, and it ends uh, in essentially a revival tent with barbecue and, uh, and music and, and the preaching of the gospel. So we go out and, and serve with them and support them in that effort um, and just be available to be used by God in the midst. Tell me a story. Tell me a story about somebody that you met that received Christ. <laughs> there are uh, lots of stories that seem to be uh, hit or miss. You never, you never get the full picture of what God's doing as you plant a seed, water a seed. Uh, but there, there certainly are moments uh, that that you you see a harvest of souls in mm-hmm. in and amongst. Um, and. Uh, that's yeah, that's kind of a tough question. I threw I th- I threw you a curveball there, but uh, you do see the hearts of people. I mean, even the toughest looking people, and we're coming back to that again. Yet they, there is a heart there, a history of sometimes pain, rejection, all sorts of things. That when they see the love of Christ from someone that looks a lot like them, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a a connection. That happens there, even if at that time they might say, I'm not sure about this yet. They see someone that looks a lot like them, that has a history a lot like them, that has found faith that that is appealing to them. Uh, Certainly God uses each one uh, right where we're at. And I get to minister to people that you don't get to minister to. It's true. And you get to minister to people that won't listen to me. Uh, that's right. And that's where uh, the body of Christ is able to work, isn't it? As we as we unite in fellowship um, under under the banner of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, then we get to preach the gospel and see lives changed. Yeah. Well, Bug, uh, we have two minutes left. So I'd love for you just to to share your heart in these last two minutes to encourage listeners. Maybe they maybe they have a son like you were where the, hey, he's gone off the, the deep end for a few years and uh, and they're praying for him. Um, I'd just love you to encourage someone who may have a, a son that's going or a daughter that's going through that right now and just let them know that there is hope. Well, certainly, as uh, as the word says, where there's breath, there's hope. Uh, and uh, and as long as we're as long as we're walking and uh, and parents are praying, uh, the prayers of a, the prayers of a mother are powerful. 
uh, and certainly God hears uh, everyone's, but I think he listens to uh, the prayers of a, of a parent's heart uh, as he can identify with them mm-hmm. uh, as God our Father, and, uh, and we belong to him, and he loves us. Uh, and there's nobody that he won't reach out to. There's nobody uh, that he doesn't love, no matter, no matter what we've done, uh, no matter what we are doing. God loves us, and if we'll if we'll stop long enough to uh, to turn around, we'll see that He's right on our heels uh, as He pursues us uh, as only He can. Uh, and uh, and so, no matter, there's just keep the faith, uh, stand uh, stand in that moment, stand in the gap where where there's people that are hurting and broken, and don't give up on them. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good word. That is a very good word. Well. You've been listening to Heart of the City, and I've, our guest today has been Pastor Paul Burnham. We call him Bug, and uh, he's a senior pastor at Newport Hills Community Church. If you would like to connect with him, it's NHCC4JC. So the four is F-O-R-J-C dot O-R-G, N-H-C-C-4-J-C dot O-R-G. Bug, thanks for joining me today on Heart of the City. My pleasure. You've been listening to this 820 AM, the word special heart of the city. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, the word, call Chuck Olmstead, 206-269-6216, or go to thewordseattle.com.